man, oh man, it's great to be back here with all of you this morning. Church, it's another Sunday. What does that mean? It is absolutely our fun day. We come together, gather as his body, his church, sing praises to the only one who deserves it, and we continue to celebrate life change through his son, Jesus Christ. Good morning to those of you who are joining us online. We love the fact that you're able to do that. I know it's cold out. You probably got your pink fuzzy bunny slippers on. You're hanging out, drinking coffee. We wish we were here, but we're glad we reach you with a word of truth this morning. And by the way, those of you who did brave the cold and then you're new with us this morning, come on, good morning to our guest church. Come on. Man, we love the fact that you are here today. We love that you came and you're hanging with us. I pray that you walk out here knowing how much God loves you through his son, Jesus Christ. If you haven't figured it out yet, we're all about Jesus in this place. Right? Come on, church. We're all about Jesus. As we get in this morning, go ahead and open your Bibles, if you would. Bible, your Bible apps, whatever you use, to John chapter 15. We're starting at verse 1 this morning. John chapter 15, verse 1. If you grab an orange Bible on the way in, you'll find it on page uh, 737, page 737. By the way, if you grabbed an orange Bible on the way in and you don't have a Bible of your own, please take that. That is our gift for you. We desire for you to have a copy of God's Word. And if you saw them and you don't have a Bible when you came in, you're like, hey, what are these things? Grab one on your way out. We want to give you a copy of God's Word. Church, this morning we continue in our series called Reset. We're walking through a process together. And what happens is too often when the new year comes, we go into this new year with this mindset like the new year, the new me. Right? We go like, hey, it's a new year, it's going to be a new me. But the reality is the only time in our life that there is a new me is when we surrender our life to Jesus Christ. Right? The only time in our life when the old you is gone, the new you is here, is when we give our lives to Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us this. Therefore, if any was in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Right? So that's the only time when we are a new us is present. That's a foundation for a new life. And if you're in this room and you've never made that commitment, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, let me just tell you, it starts right there. Giving your life to Jesus. And by the way, I would encourage you before you walk out those doors, get it done today. Right? Because he loves you and he gave his life for you. But for those of us in this room who have already given our lives to Jesus, our response to the new year has to be different. The new you is already present. So for us stepping into this new year, there's, the, there's an opportunity for us to have a growing and changing you. You hear me on that? Right? So when we hit the reset button, the we're understanding, we're committing, so that there are areas in our lives that, that we're living that don't honor God. There's areas in our lives that we need to reset, come back to live the life of righteousness, right? living right with Jesus that he has called us to. We're recognizing that right? he's the one who saved our soul, so we should be following him in this world, letting him mold our lives. Why? Because a Christian walk is not an invitation to come as you are and stay that way forever. The Christian walk, walking with Jesus, come as you are and be changed forever by the radical, transforming power and love of God through his son, Jesus Christ, right? So the new year for us who have given our life to Jesus is a scheduled appointment. It's a scheduled appointment with time and God to hit the reset button. You know what I'm saying? 
So that's what we'll be walking through this series. And to get there, we walked through the last couple of weeks setting the foundation. We did some self-assessments. I said, okay, ask yourself some tough questions in these five key areas of life. And, and we started walking through that. And last week, we started moving forward by identifying the spiritual fruit, right, that we want to cultivate, cultivate in our lives and let God develop into us to become more like his son. And by the way, if you missed those first conversations, I encourage you to go back and listen to them. Either on our podcast, you can go to our previous watch messages and watch it. But either way, go back and listen because they set the foundation of where we're going to be walking through today and where we're going for the rest of the series. You need to go back and start at the beginning. So we've talked about, like, where do we start? Last week was about the power of change. And this morning, we're going to dig into this conversation about the pathway to change. Right? We want to change right? We want to go there. We're, we're, here we are at point A, where we are right now, and we want to go to point B, where God desires us to be, but how do we get there? Let me just think, of, has anybody ever asked that question the last couple, like, last couple of weeks? Like, how do I get there? Okay, I've identified, show me a raise your hands if you have. You ask the question, how do I get there? Just three of you? Come on now, come on, raise those hands. If you're asking this question, how do I get there? You are on the right path. Do me a favor. Look at the person next to you and say, excellent question. Tell the person you just ignored on the other side of you, excellent question. That is the question we need to be asking because we've been laying this foundation, right? We've been talking about what we want to change. We've come before God and said, this is what we want to work on. Now we have to identify how we get there. Now to do that, I want to kick back to where we left off last week and look back at John chapter 14, looking at verse 15, and he says this very clearly. This is Jesus speaking. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. Meaning that we are to obey Jesus' calling in our lives through Scripture. And what Jesus is revealing to us is very, very simple. The depth of our love is revealed by the width of our obedience. Let me say that again. The depth of our love is revealed by the width of our obedience. How are we following what he is calling us to do? But then Jesus doesn't leave us there, right? He completed his thought by talking about the change agent in verse 16 through 17. Continue on. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another, an advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because neither sees him or knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and he will be in you, right? Come on. I love this. I love this because Jesus doesn't say, hey, this is where I desire to be. It says, good luck getting there, friends. And you need to obey my commands, but good luck figuring out how to get there. No, no. He tells us that a life that's truly life that we found in Jesus comes to, he comes and lives within us, right? He gives us the Holy Spirit, and he, the Holy Spirit gives us everything we need to get where God is calling us to be. You with me on that, church? The Holy Spirit came to convict the world of sin. The Holy Spirit came to convict us of our sin. Scripture says that he is the counselor, he is our advocate. Not only is he pleading with the Father in our behalf, he also pleads with us. He says, listen, follow, and obey. Now, if you go back and start reading the rest of the chapter 14, you see this pattern continues 
Jesus revealing the depth of the importance of the Spirit's work in the lives of those who follow him. And he says he's, he's further proof of our connectedness to the Father, and he's also a seal for our salvation. And that leads us to John chapter 15. So what I'm going to ask us to do this morning, I'm going to ask us to stand, and I'm gonna, we're going to read this, these verses together. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. I am the true vine, Jesus says, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that, that will even be more fruitful. You have already clean, you're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit lest you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like the branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, my words remain in you. And I ask him whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. If this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to gather as your church, your children, the people who are seeking you. God, I pray that this morning your spirit who is already present in us, who follow you are present here, that you will open our hearts and our minds to the truth of the scripture, that you show us what our next steps with you need to be. That our lives bring you glory by bearing the fruit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, Thank you so much. You may be seated. When I'm digging into this and having a conversation with Jesus, these verses are pretty amazing because, because what was happening since Jesus was sharing them, he was on his way to his last breath, right? He just, he just left the upper room in John chapter 13 where he washed the followers' feet and he was demonstrating his servant leadership. He instituted the first communion, which set the pattern for churches for the last 2,000 years to do this in remembrance of me. And while this was going on, and while he was going to his last breath, he gives us the pathway to change. So let's break this down. Look back to chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it's even more fruitful. You already clean because the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Let's just stop right there. Jesus saying, I am the true vine. Friends, this is Jesus' seventh I am statement in the book of John, right? And he reveals the saying that who he is, his power, his authority in our lives, that he is a second part of the triune God, right? And then he brings in God the Father into the picture, 
And if we're looking at everything we've read this morning, this completes the trifecta. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God in all his fullness is present and a part of our change. Now, if that doesn't get your heart pumping, I'm not sure you are alive. I mean, just be real about this. God in all his fullness. Father, Son, and Spirit, investing in your life, investing in your dead to alive life, investing of you becoming more like him life. God is investing all this in you. I need to ask, are you that invested in him? Come on. Are you that invested in him? Father, Son, Spirit, the triune God steps into our world, right? Are we that invested in him? Friends, you need to hear this this morning. True reset. True reset happens when our investment matches Jesus' investment in our lives. We want to hit the reset button. We want some change. We want things to be better. But it only happens when our investment matches Jesus' investment in our lives. Now, before you say, Rich, you're crazy, hear me out. Jesus said, I have come to give them life, life to the full. Yes, John 10, 10, yes? yes? Okay, that means the vine came and offered his life so that we could have life, yes? yes. You with me on that? Yes. All right. Now, what does Jesus require of us? What does it say in Luke chapter 9, verses 23, 24? Look at this. And then he said to them all, whoever, what does he say? Whoever, right? Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life must what? Oh. Whoever saves their life must lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will what? Come on. That's dying to self. That is death to self and our own desire. Jesus died for us. He says, you need to die for me. Jesus surrendered to the Father's will before he went to the cross. Father, if you were willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours. And then Jesus turns around and says, okay, you need to surrender to my will in your life. If you love me, what does he say? Obey my commands. Come on. It goes on and on and on. We see what Jesus has done in our lives, the investment that he put out there for us. And you go through scripture, you see that he's calling us to the same investment. He offered himself as a perfect sacrifice for our sin on the cross. Romans 12:1 says, offer yourself as a living sacrifice for him. Yeah. Friends, God the Father, Son, and Spirit has clearly demonstrated that he is 100% invested in our lives. And not just for salvation, but also for our sanctification. To become more like him. But too often... We're only 50% in. 
We walk through life saying, man, I, got, I, I love you, Jesus. I love you, God. But when we look at our lives, we are only 50% in. True change. True reset. Spiritual fruit happens when you and I are all in. Why? Because Jesus was all in for you. Let's think about that. Think about these things in life that we walk through. Let's bring it practically to ourselves. He goes, uh, think about the things we do in life. How do they turn out when we go at it with anything less than 100%? We go at projects and do these kind of things in front of us. Many times those projects never get done. Ask a carpenter's wife what their house looks like. Or a plumber's wife with leaky pipes at home. Right? It almost never gets done. And if it does, it takes 10 times longer than it should have. And in the process, it causes a ton of frustration along the way. Maybe even some pain, confusion, arguments, right? Or you have to do things over. Why? Because you got partway through, you realize, oh, I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing, so I got to do it all over again. Right? Am I the only one who walks through this? 100%. If we're not at, man, it causes problems. You know, back back when I was playing football, speaking of football, come on, next year, next year, next year. Back when I was playing football, coaches would tell us, no, they would would just yell at us all the time, you need to play 100% and every single down until the whistle blows. Every play, 100% until you hear the whistle blows. Now, that wasn't just to get the most out of us. They knew that if you, did, if you didn't give your 100%, you opened yourself up to getting hurt. Because just because you are not giving 100% doesn't mean someone on the other side of this line of scrimmage isn't giving 100%. In fact, I remember a game. It was my uh, senior year, and... We were winning, which was very rare back then. Um, we were winning, and my coach called this play called the 49 sweep. Now, I was an offensive lineman. I was a pulling guard, and, I, and my goal was to get out front and block for the, for the running back that was going around the end. And so we all lined up, and everything was good, and Billy, our quarterback, started doing his cadence, and the ball was hiked. And I went around, did my thing. I came over here, found my guy, and, you know, pound him up, pushed him out of the way. The running back... Kept on going. I'm thinking, this is great. And I just started chugging down, strolling down the field. Whammo! Some guy came out of nowhere and just cleaned my clock. Boom! I'm on the ground. My feet are above my head. Like, where am I now? I could get up. I could barely walk. Sucking, grasping for air. That's what it's like spiritually, friends. This was like when we walk with Jesus. We need to be all in. 100%. Never taking time off. Going at it and pursuing a relationship with him. And by the way, our whistle is when we meet Jesus face to face. Either we go to him or he comes back for us. Either way, that's when the whistle blows. In fact, oh, it's a trumpet. Woo! Come on. 
And trust me, we have an enemy on the other line of, on the other side of the line of scrimmage. And he is looking. And he, the scripture said he is scheming for you to take a playoff. Looking for a way to take you and me down. You with me on that? All right. The pathway to change will not happen unless we are fully committed to go down the path and stay on it with Jesus. I mean, if we look back to what John was, back to John, what Jesus was telling his disciples, what makes it possible, Jesus says that we must remain in him. We are stay connected to the life source. And if we don't, our lives start to look like the death that he saved us from. Now to remain, or in some translations that you may have, or it may say abide, to remain or abide simply means to stay connected, to last, to persist in, to continue to live in. And what Jesus is saying, our lives are to be constant connection with the author and the giver of life. Now, if we look back, and last week we, we prayed and said, okay, here's a spiritual fruit that, you know, we're going to cultivate our lives. We want God to grow into our lives. Jesus tells us plain and simple that that won't happen unless we're connected to the vine. We're abiding, remaining in him. He is the true vine. He is the true vine that brings life to his branches. The question that you and I must answer this morning and follow the answer when we figure it out is how? How do we remain? How do we abide? How do we stay connected and receive that all that Christ's living nourishment that he has for us to produce the fruits to hit the reset button and live a life to bring God's the glory? You want me to that? So I just want to take a moment to introduce you to one of the game changers in our lives. And I just want to say this, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to introduce you to the Word of God. Now, we have this really cool name. It's called the Bible, right? This is the Bible. It's, we call it the Bible. We say, I want to say it right now. Can I say it? Church? It was penned through the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. It has been served by the power and the purposes of God for thousands of years. And then according to John chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 14, Jesus is the living word of truth. The Bible is a library of 66 books written by over 40 authors. We span a 1,500 years in three different languages and three different continents with one central theme to glorify God and point people to Jesus and to keep us with Jesus connected and remaining in him. Point number two, true reset is made possible when we remain in the living word. Hebrews tells us the word of God is live and active and cuts to the very core of who we are, guiding us in our lives to live a life, not only the best life, but a life to bring God's glory. Now, I get it. Sometimes I think you may be thinking, Rich has a scratch on his record. I can say that because vinyl and LPs are coming back. You're like, yo, look at my, look at my new play, 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 play. 
Like, Rich has got a scratch. You know what's, what happens when a scratch in your record? It always bounces back and plays that part over again. So every Sunday you come in, you're like, here, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. You think i got a scratch in my life. No, no. Now may you understand why. This is how we stay connected to the vine. The living word of God pouring into our lives, making us to be more like him and less like the world. That's why I say every week, church, read your Bible. Think about this. Physically, if we don't eat, we die, right? We grow hungry. Some of us grow hangry. We slow down. We get frustrated. We make poor choices. What's the same truth when it comes to our spiritual nourishment with the vine? Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Look at this. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit or in the company of mockers. Verse 2. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God, who meditates on the word of God, the law, day and night. Verse 3. That person... That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, water which yields its what? Come on! In season. And whose leaf does not wither. And whatever they do prospers. Spiritually, if we don't eat, we act like the old dead self. Spiritually, if we don't eat, we slow down. Spiritually, if we don't eat, we get frustrated. Spiritually, we don't eat, we act like the world, not like Jesus. We make poor choices. And we fail to grow into the person that Jesus has called us to be. Jesus said that no branch can produce fruit by itself. It must be connected with the vine. You will be on that, church? Let me say it again. Church. Come on. Verse 5, let's continue through this. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown in way and withers. Such, such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words, my words... Come on, my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. It is for my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Point number three. True reset is never a one and done. It's a whole life pursuit. True reset is never a one and done. It's a whole life pursuit pursuit. It's a day by day. It's a week by week. It's a month by month, year by year, de decade by decade, connected to the vine, and that the vine nourish our lives, and we continue to grow, be more like him. We are not to be looking at 24, 2024 saying, okay, yo, I've got this year under control, baby. I'm going to focus this on this year. No. Jesus says, okay, you're going to give me this year no, no, you're going to give me this day, and then you're going to give me tomorrow, 
and then you're going to give me the week, and then you're going to give me the month, and then you're going to give me, and every year after, you're going to give everything to me, right, your wife, because we're going to give it to him because he's the one who saved our soul. And the longer we walk with Jesus, the more our lives should mirror this word. You want to know where the reset needs to happen in your life? Connect to the vine, open it up, and let it be a mirror in your life. And when you see something in your life that God says, mm, don't do it, doesn't honor me. Change it. Don't ignore it. Because if you're going to choose to ignore it, you might as well, stop, might as well stop reading it. Because you're wasting your time. Get in, understand, be convicted by the word of God. Why? Because it's living, it's active, it's part of triune God to work in our lives. Our reset is continuous. A few verses back, Jesus says, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Why? So be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Friends, we are washed clean by the blood of Jesus. But our nourishment comes from living and connected to Jesus through the word. And it says God continues to prune our lives to be what? Even more fruitful. You may get to the end of this year and think, man, that was an amazing year. God said, no, no. We got several more to go, baby. And we have a whole other things we're going to work on in 2025 and 2026. It's continuous. And as we go down this pathway to follow Jesus, connect to the vine, he will continue to cut out all the things in our lives that we allow him to. That we allow him to. So many times we go through life, like, I'll give you this, Jesus. I'll work on this, but don't you? This one's mine. I got this one over here. I'm going to hide it in my coat. I'm going to put a face lock on it, whatever it may be. You don't need to mess with that one. But right now, God's saying, that's the one I want to talk about. That's the one I want to have a conversation with. Gretchen Soffels, um, in her book, The Well-Watered Woman, says this. It's on the screen. Pruning doesn't just involve a seasonal cutting back. It's a lifelong process of being emptied and filled again. Every day, when we come to the Word, the Holy Spirit trims out the fleshly desires and to plant the truth in its place. Come on. Our process of becoming like Jesus is a continuous process. Continue pruning in our lives. It's not a one and done. Please don't miss the warning of this. In these eight verses, a couple warnings twice. That Jesus says, a life without fruit is a life that's not connected to the vine. It's cut off thrown away, 
and tossed into the fire. Now, he's not talking about losing your salvation, which is because we can't lose our salvation. Once our name's in a book of life, we're there. What he's saying is you probably don't have it to begin with. Because a life with Jesus changes. A life truly that's surrendered to Jesus Christ changes. The fruit is evidence of the change. So what will you do? What will you do? I've shown you the pathway. Will you choose to go down it? Or will you choose to try to figure it out yourself? Will you figure out, like, I want to do the work myself? Or you say, God, I'm going to let you do the work in me. By the way, his plan, his way is better and easier. So to kick this off, I want to point to you to a Bible reading plan that I'm going to ask us to read together as a church. Now you can, if, you have, if you use the Bible, version Bible app, you can pull this up. Show me that screen if you would. It's 21 days of prayer. Now if you use the version Bible app, if you, you can go to our events page. I don't know if you know, but every Sunday we have message notes. If you go to the event in the bottom right-hand corner and find Vertical Church, you'll see the message notes every single Sunday. You can find a link to get into the plan. Or if you've got a handy-dandy phone, you can pull up and scan this code right now and enter the plan. We're going to read about prayer for the next 21 days together. Now, <clears throat> if you don't do it together as a church, you can do it together as your small group. But get into the Word of God. Not only are we going to be using this tool, the pathway, we're going to be using the other tool talking about how we have converse with God. Both major players in walking with Jesus. You with me, church? Friends, you want a reset. You want 2024 to be better than 2023. You want to grow to be more like Jesus and less like the world. You want to sharpen your life to be to bring the life that glorifies God. It's time for you to choose. Will I be nourished or not? I can't make that decision for you. I know what God desires. And I pray that he is poking you right now like that annoying sibling. Reach your Bible, reach your Bible, reach your Bible, reach your Bible. Connect to the vine, connect to the vine, connect to the vine, connect to the vine. You want me? All right. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Again, Lord, we thank you for calling us out. Thank you for, your, again, your word being real and raw. You know, Lord, we don't like some of the things that we're reading that you're calling us on the carpet for. But that's okay. Your word leads us to a better life that's walking with you. The best life walking with you. 
Lord, we have, we've done some assessments. We've took some you know, idea, like this is where we want to cultivate it, but now it's time to go down the pathway. And God, I just pray that this conversation through from your word, your mouth, your son, the Holy Spirit written, doesn't hit blocked ears. That this church will decide to be a Bible reading, knowing, and living church. Let it transform us to be a light and a truth that Jesus does change everything. And right now I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward. And if you're in this room and you want the reset, you want that new life in Jesus that we've been talking about, come up. Don't walk out those doors without everything you need to make it happen. Come up, pray, and surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Make him the Lord of your life and connect to the vine and suck in all the nourishment that Jesus has for you. And if you're in this room and you're realizing this morning that, okay, God's opened your eyes that he's been all in, 100% invested in your life and sanctification, becoming more like him, give you the best life, and you're realizing this morning, man, that you're not all in, maybe you need to come forward. Ask for prayer. Say, okay, I haven't been all in. Lift me up to Jesus. Give me the strength that I need, but don't walk out those doors thinking you've got it all figured out, that you can do it on your own. Come and talk to our prayer team. Let them pray with you. Let them pray over you. God, this is all about you. We desire to follow you. Show us the way. And let us be courageous enough and brave enough to follow it. Regardless if we're a student in high school middle school, an adult at work, wherever we may be, whatever age we are, in college, let our lives bring you glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless church. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next Sunday.